ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Welcome to NFL Live. Hey, Monday Night Football featured a bounce back from Joe Burrow and the Bengals in a must win. Burrow's toughness was on display, but we'll tell you which part of the Cincy team is officially back. Plus, a rookie who has caught the big swagoo's eye. Dan will also tell us three things that Jalen Hurts needs to improve to get back to the Super Bowl. Also, Cowboys fans, we're here to make you feel better, okay? Why it's not as bad as it seems coming off a loss to the Cardinals. We'll explain that. And so well, much more here on NFL Live. Glad to have you with us. We've got a full house here Boogie, on you show, Tuesday. You show about this Cowboys thing? I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> I don't know if it's going to feel better. Cowboys okay. Okay. I'm not going to lie right now. What? Hawk, just the visual of where the camera is. And it doesn't look great. so big. Wow. It doesn't look. Though. I'm not little. Let me say we're something. Work, we're working on the configuration. Which is very hard for me to admit. Uh oh. The man beard is flawless. Thank you. It is quite. Yeah. I don't. I'm yeah. not sure if I like it being in the studio with you, but it is flawless. I, I am absolutely cramping your style. You are. Bit. You are. But it's right, so, so good. A Hawks, the beard man. Mine. He looks incredible. That's Marcus Spears, Dan Orlovsky. Your beard has no chance, Dan. Let's get back to last night. Of course, the Bengals and the Rams in Cincinnati. Dan and I had a front row seat for this one on Monday Night Football. Stafford to Tyler Higby. And then the timeout by Zach Taylor huge. ends up being huge there, Dan. There were some pivotal moments in this game. This is a great job by Zach Taylor, realizing the defense had some lack of communication on there, and he gets it before the snap gets off. Selling for a lot of field goals there. And here, Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. They finally got going a little bit more. In and I game. really think Joe threw that on that back hip with that safety dropping down and just trusting Jamar's catch radius. There goes Joe Mixon, the 14-yard touchdown. Finally a touchdown. Bengals 13-9 over the Rams. No one was happier in that stadium than me, Lewis Riddick, Chris Fowler, and Laura when they finally <laughs> scored a touchdown. Matthew Stafford here. He had pressure all night. It was a big roll by that Bengals defense, but intercepted by Logan Wilson. Oh, get dance. it. Yeah, they killed hey. that one. It was we a good job by Hilton that. getting his hand up and hit that ball. And Laura, you talked about some of the pressure. Matthew, great climb oh, in the yeah, pocket mm. to find Puka Nakua down the sideline in that cover two hole shot. They limited Nakua a lot in this game. The Bengals did, but then now the fourth quarter, Stafford, a one-yard touchdown to 2-2 Atwell. The Bengals 19-16 oh, over the Rams at that two. point. And then Mitchell Wilcox recovering the kick for the Bengals. So the Bengals go on to get a huge win, their first of the season. It felt must-win for them, and they were able to come through despite Burrow's calf injury, which we'll get into a little bit here. And he hasn't been himself so far this season. A lot of that has to do with the lack of practice in the calf. His average air yards per attempt is down a yard and a half from his first three seasons. On top of that, his completion percentage over expectation and off-target percentage are much worse than they were entering the season. But, Dan, as I mentioned, we knew he was going to be limited. He said he was comfortable inside the pocket dealing with the calf strain but really couldn't be creative outside the pocket. And just to tick off in some ways, right? Yeah, certainly because of the lack of practice reps. But the reality is this, the Bengals are trying to win in the hardest way possible. That zero margin for error because of the injury, they can't really create any explosive plays. Like you watch the game, and we kind of knew going into it, it was going to be catch and throw, catch and yeah. throw. Now that's a little bit of their offense, fundamentally, but it's even more so now because Joe can't move. And there's the hardest part right now is it's almost impossible to create chunk plays. So it has to be this methodical and efficient offense. And when I say like margin for error. 
It only works if you are outrageously good on third downs and phenomenal scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Because we saw it last night. You're efficient. Oh, my gosh, there's another field goal. And all of a sudden, we've had five possessions, and we only have 12 points, but we have 250 yards of offense. It's just going to be incredibly difficult, but it's the only option for them moving forward right now. And they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to be operating this offense at a, at a high rate right. while also protecting Burrow. And they do that with Jamar Chase. I actually love what they did with him yesterday. They lined him up everywhere. He no was doubt. in the backfield. He was in the slot. They motioned him to it. Any way to get his hands on the football. The thing that makes this offense so dynamic is the connection between Chase and Burrow and how electric it is. So now you have a quarterback who's hobbled a little bit, but we still have to yeah. find Chase ways to get his hands on the football. And they did that in a great way yesterday. You know what I want to say, Hawk, real quick? And we said it last night during the broadcast. I agree. I loved, especially on the early downs, moving him mm-hmm. around. I do think on those third down situations, he's got to be by himself. I, I just believe. One on one. Yeah, just yep. one on Even two on one. There's moments when he's getting double teamed. I believe the connection between those guys is that elite that that still doesn't overshadow. So I, as much as I love to move him around, I still think in those third downs, he should be soloed up a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, he wants that, right? Yeah. He was even yep. campaigning for it sometimes on the sideline. On the defensive side of things, though, Marcus, I mean, Lou Anarumo was in his bag in a lot of ways last Welcome night. Welcome back. Hello. Welcome uh, back. They held, <laughs> the Bengals' defense held the Rams to 16 <laughs> points, yes. two interceptions, six sacks. What worked? I, I love the fact that we talked about Joe Burrow and leading up um, Boogie, you trying to find out if he was going to play or not. It looked like the first time this season that this defense took onus that we're going to have to win some games and some low-scoring games. Yeah. And we're going to have to create some negative plays against mm-hmm. teams. Trey Hendrickson was going crazy last night. Now, I don't care if it's a backup tackle because he do that starting tackle. So the bottom line is that this defense and the way that they approach and rally to the football, it had a different type of energy between him and Dax. They played a phenomenal game. They pressured when they wanted to as opposed to when they needed to, right? So I tell people this all the time. If If you're a pressure football team, because that's the only way you can get teams in the negative yardage, most of the time you're going to be at the bottom half of the league in defense. When you pressure because you need to, then you got something cooking. And last night, because of the four-man rush and Trey Hendrickson, they were able to pressure when they needed to, and it, tur- it panned out really good for them. Turnovers. Yeah, yep. so Joe Burrow said last night after the game, no setbacks to the calf. They're going to have to monitor it throughout the season. They have the Titans next week. Let's get to New York and the New York Jets. Zach Wilson continues to struggle mightily. He's now lost his second straight start as the Jets wallow in the misery of losing Aaron Rodgers game one, wondering what could have been. Rogers, speaking of him, jumped on with the Pat McAfee show and talked about the adversity he's seeing on the sidelines. People are coming, coming for us, uh, and there's you know some uh, heated conversations on the sideline and different things. I think we need to hold our poise a little bit better across, the, uh, really just offensively. You know, we need to uh, to not have some of those things happen on the on the sideline and and to be a little better and to be a little. Uh, uh, just be a little better competitors. Okay, let's get NFL insider Dan Graziano in here. Dan, the Jets did make a quarterback move today, signing Trevor Simeon. Is that the end of the Jets and the quarterback additions, or you think we're going to see more of that? <laughs> I, I do think they'll continue to tinker as needed, but, I mean, this is the kind of move that Jets fans should expect, if any, in the short term, right? Like, like the big, splashy, you know, new starting quarterback to replace Zach Wilson is not walking through that door, at least not yet. Maybe closer to the trade deadline. You know, if you're going to get a guy down the road, like hypothetically, 
a Kirk Cousins, a Ryan Tannehill, uh, that those teams are going to have to get deeper into the season and decide to wave the white flag. So Simeon gives the Jets another option to go to, in addition to Tim Boyle, who's been on the roster as the backup, uh, in case Zach Wilson continues to falter. In the short term, I'm told the plan is to continue to roll Wilson out there. But Simeon is a veteran who has played in the league, and, and if Wilson continues to struggle and Simeon shows something in practice, he becomes another option that they could consider. Yeah, Graz, they are sticking by Wilson, as you pointed out. We've got more from you coming later on in the show. And the Jets Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Namath weighed in on social media, posting, I'm starting to wonder if Zach's playing like he's being coached. He's making choices that are not intuitive to the quarterback position. Dan, you buying what Namath is saying there? Yeah, I am, because right now Zach Wilson is playing to make a good decision rather than the right decision. Two plays go back to last week. They're the same play, essentially, versus the same defense. The concept is really going to be three verticals. Garrett Wilson at the bottom of the screen has a go route. The slot has a middle bender and the outside receiver another go route. Now, if there's one safety in the middle of the field, we would take our shot at one of those one-on-one -on -one opportunities. You're going to see two safeties, okay, versus cover two. We really want a two-on-one, the boundary safety, shorter side of the field with one of those go balls and then that middle bender. Now, Zach Wilson's going to go, okay, here's the check down. And everyone would sit there and go, that's a good decision, but that's not the right decision. Here's the thing. When you get this coverage and you have the opportunity to throw one of what the, we call a go-route hole shot, this is how it has to happen. Zach Wilson should see that boundary safety and go, okay, I got a chance to throw it. Now, if you're going to throw that check down, it should be on your second hitch. Zach Wilson should at least catch the snap and go one, two, three, give that whole shot a chance. And if he doesn't like it, that's fine. But second hitch, check the football down. I want everyone to pay attention to Zach's feet, okay? Catches the snap. One, two, three, one hitch, check down. Sure, that's a good decision. It's not the right one. That is, I'm throwing the check down no matter what. Now you go later in the football game, and Zach Wilson's going to have the same exact concept versus the same exact coverage. We are going to have a go route and a seam route. There's two safeties, right? We want a two-on-one, that boundary safety. Now watch Zach Wilson. Watch his feet. One, two, three, hitch, and here comes that whole shot down the sideline before the safety gets there. It's the same pass concept, but one time Zach Wilson goes, I'm going to make a good choice, and everyone's sitting there going through the check down, great. And then one time he makes the right choice because he has the opportunity to rip that whole shot. And I think part of this is this. There's this philosophy probably in their organization of don't give the football away, we'll play great defense, and we'll have special teams be a part of it, and we'll be, have the chance to win games. Here, here's my, my feeling on that. The Jets defense never gets to play in attack mode because mm. they never have the lead. You better they have to get mm. Zach to you a point preach. where Zach plays with a mindset of aggression and make the right choice, not just a good one, because a good one is often riddled in fear mm. rather than the right one is, I'm trying to make the winning play, essentially. Yeah. I mean, look, Zach Wilson has to play better. We understand that. But I do feel like the blame that he is getting for the state of the offense is a little overstated because for a coach, it is easy to strut Aaron Rodgers out there and say, hey, make us right. Yep. That doesn't take right. a lot of coaching prowess yep. to do that. But if you watch this film, I think there were moments where Zach actually put together a couple of good drives, but ultimately, Receivers aren't getting schemed open. He didn't have a lot oh, of no. options down the field. Right. Yes, it was wet, but there were drop passes, and they couldn't protect them. So it does not matter what quarterback is back there. If you don't have a game plan that can protect them, it won't matter. And that's the point. I think the coaches also need to kind of take a look in the mirror.
I hate associating this word with NFL football players, but he looks petrified. No and, doubt. And, and, and petrified it really, to yeah, make a mistake. To make a mistake. And that's, mm-hmm. that's exactly where I'm going, D.O. That's why I'm glad you said what you said. Look, when you have a franchise, and to your point, Hawk, when you have a franchise that's trying to play around you, Mm-hmm. As a quarterback, your confidence will never come. Yep. Right. Like this kid, you know, I've sat on this show with y'all and said, I feel terrible for him because he, this position that he's in right now is worse than last year. Yeah. See, last year you could play and people could say, well, I'm young. I, I haven't had the time to get ingratiated. A new offensive coordinator, a plan for a Hall of Fame quarterback, and now I come in the game with people's historical uh, memory right. of how I played, yep. and now you're asking me to be the starting quarterback for a team that right. has Super Bowl ex- expectations. Yep. So now you start to call plays like that, yeah. to your point. Yeah. Yep. Now your defense start to feel pressure, and they giving up plays. Never, the defense is never able to dictate yes. the flow of the game. So Everyone's like, they got to play better. Play better. And that's the thing. Give it's not about Zach being scared to play quarterback. I don't want people to get it misconstrued. He's scared because his organization mm. doesn't believe he can play the position at a right. high enough level for us to have success. Don't just we don't all know blow it. the game. Exactly. Kind of like the yep. way if you watch him play early in the game, it's don't blow it. Yep. And then later in the game when they're down 10 with eight minutes to go, it's like, all right, all right we got to find a way to go. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's a business. We all get that. But you got to think about from his perspective, number two overall pick, everything was put on him. And now here he is not being able to do any of it. There's still talent there. And that's what I hope that at no some doubt. point that talent could be pulled out. We'll keep an eye on it. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. Hey, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles beat the Bucks on Monday night. But here why Hawk has some concerns about the offense. Plus, Dan gives some keys to Jalen's rest of the season. Also, the Cowboys had a shocking loss to the Cardinals, but Dan's going to tell everybody why there's no need to panic. Don't worry, Swagoo. Things are just fine down in Dallas if they fix one thing. We're going to tell you what that one thing is next. We'll be right back. The Cardinals in the pros. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. 
This week's Monday Night Football matchup features DK Metcalf and the Seahawks squaring off against Daniel Jones and the Giants at MetLife Stadium, 8 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Deportes, with Peyton and Eli once again on ESPN2. Back to Monday night, a doubleheader from last night, and this one featured the Eagles and the Bucks meeting on Monday Night Football. Jalen Hurts under the weather in this one, arriving there at the stadium. The Eagles looking to go 3-0, under four left to play in the first. Jalen drops back, getting pressured, and then launches it downfield for the strike. It's a great job by the offensive line of just giving him time. That was the story of their pass game, and then a beautiful touchdown pass from Jalen. Here we go, next drive for the Bucks. Baker Mayfield out of the shotgun. Oh the pass over the middle, picked off by Reed Blankenship. Man, Blankenship look at Reed Blankenship giving my kids hope. <laughs> oh, Dan, it was a nice Reed good. Too. Look at you play. Who is Dan's kid? Yeah, right, don't discourage them. No, they can't. All right, so that wasn't pretty. Uh, Jalen Carter is unbelievable. More on that in just a moment. So, Tad, that one. The Eagles lead 13-3 to at the half. To the third quarter, the same score here. And Hurts right there, keeping it on the sneak, pushed in for the touchdown. Some people wonder how many times they can do that. The Eagles lead 20-3, to under four left in the quarter. Mayfield handing it off to White, and White gets tackled. So the Eagles would not give up the lead. They end up winning 25-11. to And back to Jalen Carter. I mean, what a monster of a human. He's fantastic this season for the Eagles. He's got 15 <laughs> quarterback pressures this season, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, tied with Ed Oliver for the second most oh. among defensive tackles, trailing only Javon Hargrave. He's the guy Carter replaced in Philadelphia after Hargrave signed with the 49ers this offseason. So if you're the Eagles, you're like, wow, that worked out really nicely. Uh, Marcus, what have you liked from what you've seen from this rookie so far? <laughs> Why are you oh, making love to the camera oh, right now? Oh, damn. Y'all remember when we was at the draft, how I reacted? <laughs> When they when yeah, when Howard took him, I, it, yeah. this is why because <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> the other thing he's doing too, man, he understands the game. Coming from Georgia, I played with Kirby for Kirby Smart at LSU. You have to have a really good understanding about defense. Look at Jalen Carter in this in this system right here. He actually tells the defense where this ball is going to create this pressure. Look oh, at yeah. this formation set heavy, and he understands that this is all eye candy. They want to work this way with two overhang tight ends. I know this may not seem like a big deal to people. This is his third game in professional football. Yeah. Yeah, with the crazy. number of formations that you're going to get throughout your career, for a rookie to start understanding leverages and how, how teams are lined up, and where they're trying to take me to, but where I really need to go is a hell of a deal now. And it's translating into him making plays. Mm -hmm. This game mental, and he, he, he's advanced in that too. Yeah, I mean, cool. it, you've already got the physical tools, but to be able to – Brother. It's kind of like – <laughs> All right, let's flip it to the offense because – Dallas got him for the next 12 years. I know, right? I'm sorry. Said, brother. So, <laughs> on the offensive side, like, I just want to – they are 3-0, and okay? So, people at home, they're like, oh, why are you ripping on them? We're not. Um, but it, it feels like they're having to kind of grind it out every week. Dan, what have you seen from this Eagles O and Jalen Hurts? Watching the tape, it is fair to say that the sideline dust-up was not nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. He is definitely looking at A.J. way more consistently than he's looking at some of the other pass-catching options. This is probably the most shocking one. That's Devontae up at the top. It's press man. The safety's down at the bottom of the screen. He's, like, looking at A.J.'s side of everything that I've ever been taught about quarterback play. That ball should go up top with the safety favoring down to the bottom. Now, you get great protection and hang, and you find that floater over the top. And, but that's still, like, that ball should have gone to Devontae off rip. Now, again, watch Dallas Goddard here. Crosser, yeah. Now, he's, he's just, Devontae's running that shallow right there. Dallas Goddard is going to be wide open by five or six yards. But for some reason, Jalen, who I watched Jalen throw that ball a bunch last year. A whole bunch. He didn't do it. He's not yeah. doing it right now. 
Again, Dallas Goddard crossing the middle field. Devontae, A.J. Brown's at the bottom of the screen. Jalen's looking at the bottom of the screen when he should be looking at Dallas crossing over the middle of the field. Now, I'm not trying to create drama. I swear I'm not. But when you watch the tape and you sit there and go, the passing game doesn't look the same as it did last year. Mm -hmm. And you can sit there and point to those examples. Those are just three where you're going, he's hung on A.J. He's hung on A.J. and not not getting to someone else. Not a new offensive coordinator thing. No, I mean, that might be a a slight part of it, but those are past concepts that they ran and executed at an incredibly high clip last year. I I I think there is a little bit of the coordinator. I I mean, I think he's called a great game. I think they're trying to find the rhythm. Absolutely. Hurts feels indecisive at times, looking the wrong way, and even some of the ball placement stuff, which you can get which around wasn't because the case last year. it wasn't the case. And, and they were firing at such a, a high frequency. That's where some of the frustration comes in for these players because they are so talented and they know that they should be clicking better. Mm-hmm. I had a situation when I was with Cleveland, and Shanahan was our OC. Mike McDaniel was on that, and it was like the very next year for any coordinator to come in and follow that up. We were frustrated because it was like, why is this not flowing the way it was a year ago? Now, we didn't know we had two of the the best Best football minds in football. But at the (laughs) same time, it is frustrating to take that step back and regress the same way that the Eagles have this season. Part of it, too, is they played the first game in a driving rainstorm, and it certainly rained last night. I just think there there needs to come to that that understanding um, that A.J. is a massive part of their offense. We, we have to be able to pivot to somebody else with the eyes a little bit quicker. We get it subconsciously or consciously. Either way, Jalen Hurts read the football field last year yeah. at a higher rate than most quarterbacks he's in the just league. Not right this now. year, he's not seeing it. Yeah. And it's not a coincidence that he's locked in on A.J. Brown after a dust-up on the sideline right. when you got tight ends running wide-ass open in yeah. the middle of the field. Yeah. That's mean, all it boils down to. It's hard for these quarterbacks dealing with these receivers, okay? Yeah, they are deep. All, yeah. all right. <laughs> Dallas suffered their first loss of the season on Sunday. So Marcus is going to go to the touchscreen. Tell us how we should fix the Cowboys after the break. You don't want to miss this. Big swagoo with the touch. Let's go. Dan, me and you got to have a conversation, Uh-oh. Dan Quinn. What? We're going to have a touch no, dust I'm up. I'm talking to Dan Quinn. <laughs> Look how big your head is. What? <laughs> We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. You know what happens when you're supposed to win the championship? What happens when everybody's saying you're this and you're that and this is finally the year? Things tighten up. And that's exactly what the Arizona Cardinals did. They were the better team that day. After Dobbs going to hand it off to more. Big ball up the middle. 40, 35, 30. More to the house. Touchdown Cardinals. Two chances to get it in here. Prescott looking in zone. That one's picked off. It's Kaiser White. 
it's time for some self-reflection if you're the Dallas Cowboys and say, who are we? This is one of those scores that you saw on Sunday and said, what? Uh, Dak has struggled in the red zone so far this season. His total QBR is three, by far the worst in the NFL this season in those situations. It's a serious drop from last season when Prescott posted an 84 total QBR in the red zone, which was third best in the NFL. Dan, sometimes the numbers don't lie. Sometimes they lie Mm. just a little bit. Okay, so what do you make of the red zone numbers three weeks in for Dak? Context matters, and everyone making the red zone issues is making much bigger of a deal than it actually is. Okay, week one, they go and drop two touchdown passes by the tight ends in the red zone versus the Giants in a driving rainstorm. Week two, they play against the Jets. The Jets have given up one red zone touchdown this year that was by that magician play that Josh Allen had running to his right, throwing across the field to Stephon Diggs. And then last week, last week comes down to three things for me. One, Dak Prescott missed a zero pressure all out to hit CeeDee Lamb on a corner route. He didn't throw it to him. Dak will, more than likely. And then if I had to pick one thing, CeeDee Lamb against the, the Cardinals, it felt like I was watching a guy trying to get flags rather than going to get the football. Like, this is the zero pressure. That's a touchdown up top. I watched Brock Purdy on Thursday Night Football do it last week. Now, CeeDee, look, like, fight through contact. He just kind of puts his hand up in the air there trying to get a flag. It doesn't happen. And then the next one, he throws him the football one-on-one fade. It lands on the guy's helmet. But instead of going for the ah. football, he just kind of stick. That would be my one complaint. I think CeeDee's a really good receiver. But – and also, they had three starting offensive linemen out last week. Two of them are Hall of Famers. So I think the red zone issues are being blown completely out of proportion for Dallas. They, they might be a little overstated, but I think with, with Dak, those are opportunities that a good quarterback takes advantage of. When you're in the red zone, those are opportunities to score. And he's, you know, he's fumbling snaps. He might make a missed read here or there. And even in the interception late in that game, yeah. if that's not picked off, by the linebacker, the both safeties right. have a chance to intercept it. And for a great quarterback, again, we will judge you off of what you do in the red zone. Yes, everything's condensed, so everything needs to happen faster, and your decision-making has to be on point and late in game. Sure. Because the really good quarterbacks take their level up a notch because opportunities for your team are right in front of you. That's where you got to win. Uh, all right, so the offense sputtered in the red zone, but what about the other side of the ball? Swagoo's at the touchscreen. What are your concerns with that defense, Marcus? Yeah, every time I got the touchscreen, I got to pay homage to the touchscreen guard. That is Dan Orlovsky. Amen. I appreciate you giving me a little bit of time. Listen, for all of the talk <laughs> we talked about Dak Prescott, this defense was the issue. One, on this first play, first of all, this is a great alignment. Um, the Arizona Cardinals are in 12 personnel. That's one back, two tight ends. And they've already leveraged Dallas defense to get them to go one way. But I want you to keep your eyes on these two players right here. One of these players is one of the best players that we've seen as a young defensive player. That's Michael Parsons, and this is Donovan Wilson. And these two guys are responsible for getting this play stopped. And if they play with some eye discipline, they can do that. Arizona takes their guard, they take they take their guard and they pull, and they also take their tackle and they pull. One, I don't like Micah being in the five technique. But as I run this play, watch Micah Parsons. This is a zone read, all right? He's already committed to the running back. He, they forgot Josh Dobbs has legs and is an athlete. And then if you look at Donovan Wilson, who I showed you earlier, his eyes is already going to the backfield with no eye, no eye discipline on Joshua Dobbs. It's going to take him inside of this block. Both guys are now trying to retrace. Josh Dobbs is on the edge by himself. This ended up being a 29-yard gain for Joshua Dobbs. That is just undisciplined. And then this is why I was a little bit frustrated with Dan Quinn in this game. You have three 
three Dallas Cowboys that are literally stacked in the same area. I don't know what the hell this alignment is. <laughs> I know that there is an issue because now you're at 13 with three tight ends in this overhang. But again, out leverage you by taking you in misdirection. Micah crashes down. Van Der Esch gets hooked. Donovan Wilson's eyes are on the inside. Look at all of these guys. Look at the leverage that the Arizona Cardinals have. They have two pullers that don't have anybody that is there to block right now because of playing this in bad eye discipline. And then it ends up in a James Conner touchdown. So we can make all of the talk about the red zone issues and we can talk about all of the things offense because it's the lightning rod with Dak Prescott in the red zone and Mike McCarthy. This defense was not ready to play. They played with poor discipline and poor alignment. And the only people that I can attribute that to is Dan Quinn and the defensive players that are on the football field. Hey, man, why it look like you're holding an iPhone, <laughs> not an iPad? <laughs> Make a call. Call Dan Quinn. Say, hey, what you doing over there? Swag, that was legit. So good. So fire. New on NFL Live, Josh Jobs is traded to the Cardinals August 24th and has been the team's starting quarterback ever since. But it seems nobody has told that to the Cardinals team store even after beating the Cowboys. Yo, Josh Jobs here. All right, I'm in the team store for the Cardinals, trying to get a jersey for my fans. Check this out. So I walk over here to get a jersey made. Boom. Adult. Then I go large. Next. Then I go select from roster, okay? Next. And guess what? Your boy is nowhere to be found. We got all the numbers and no number nine. Like, yo, I know I just got here, but at least, come on, we can at least have the custom jersey ready for me. Help your boy out. Uh, I get it. They didn't know he was playing. That's why he had such a great day. It was like an invisible man out there, and he's making a lot of things happen. He's talking about the Cowboys. We should not have let you comment on that, It's an invisible man out here, man. That's why they were looking at the running back. They couldn't even see that man. Man, I don't even know who this dude is, man. That's messed up. Look at this. They made an adjustment, okay? Look at that. How quickly. A Dobbs jersey. Hey, y'all go out and buy that thing, okay? Go get Dobbs jersey. Adjustment, Dan Quinn. You hear that? Yeah. Ooh, clever. Let's get some top stories, guys. Some news around the league with Dan Graziano jumping back in here. Graziano. You covered the Saints game Sunday where Derek Carr injured his yeah. shoulder. What should we know about his status today? Well, he sprained the AC joint in the shoulder, the right shoulder, which is the obviously the arm he throws with. Uh, so they're calling him day to day, or actually they said week to week, but I would not expect him this week based on anything I've heard. They're hopeful that it won't be too long. No discussion yet about putting him on injured reserve, which would require him to miss four games. So that tells you they're at least somewhat hopeful he could be back in less time than that. The pack, uh, sorry, the Saints will get reinforcements this week. Running back Alvin Kamara returns Ooh, from his three-game suspension, uh, and he's ready to go, and they're ready to have him. I was talking with Rashid Shahid, their wide receiver. He said, yeah, the last couple weeks in meetings, we've been, we've been looking at film, and then people will say, oh, that's going to be AK when he gets back on that play. So they're very excited to welcome him back, and that'll help the offense uh, with Jameis Winston likely starting at quarterback. And then the Packers, the team that came back and beat them on Sunday, are playing Thursday, but they look like they're going to get whole. 
Uh, Aaron Jones, the running back, wide receiver Christian Watson, both limited practice participants today. Sounds like they're trending toward playing on Thursday night. I was on the field pregame. Both those guys went through extensive pregame workouts Sunday morning, and it seemed like Jones might have actually been pushing to play. They held them both out. They won the game anyway, and now they may have them for Thursday night's big divisional matchup against Detroit. Ooh, that's ideal. Love it, Gruz. Thanks so much. All the latest from you. Hey, still to come on NFL Live. After three weeks, two of the Dolphins have one of the hottest offenses in the league. Hawks going to tell us the main reason for their early success next. Go get a jersey with a Dob father. Hey, are those white uniforms in the conversation for the best in the league? Which the ones? The white Dolphins ones? I like those Bengals ones last Solid. night, too. Bengals and the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. The Falcons and Jaguars are playing Sunday, October 1st at 9.30 a.m. Eastern in London. And they're also playing in Andy's room? That's right, it's the NFL like you've never seen it before. The live game will transform into the world of Toy Story in real time. You'll see the same action that's happening on the field, but in a whole new way. Join Buzz, Woody, and all their friends Sunday, October 1st at 9.30 a.m. on ESPN+. Oh, we can't wait for that. Uh, Dan and I heading to London in just a couple days, but let's read and react, okay? Uh, I know that's kind of alarming. Uh, Time to read and react with some news from Green Bay around the NFL. Let's start with Jordan Love. He really struggled in the first three quarters against the Saints on Sunday, but he turned it on in the fourth quarter. Mm. As you see right there, he posted a 91 total QBR, ran for a touchdown, threw the game winner to Romeo Dobbs. Just under three minutes left in the game. So where has Love found most of his success, Dan? It really, going back to this past weekend, it was working the slot. And it started with his rookie receiver, Luke Musgrave. And he started working inside out. Now, this is really man coverage on the perimeter. It's cover two on the top. And then kind of those slot and Musgrave, they're going to be triangled by the defense. We call this cover six mini. Now, two things matter. Those receivers got to push vertical to kind of scare that safety, and Musgrave's got to break flat, and then the ball has to come out on time by Jordan Love. All of those pieces together were perfect. Now he's going to work Reed in the slot. You can see man-to-man coverage again. Two things that matter the most. I need an indicator step from him at the very top. That right foot's in the ground. Now are you going high or are you going flat? we got to be on the same page. On the same page, the ball comes out of Jordan Love's hand, and you talked about that Romeo Dobbs one, but it wasn't by mistake. This is a back shoulder fade attempt to go win the game. They, they, they misconnect. There's a little bit too much touch on that one. The very next play, he's like, give it to me again. Jordan Love adjusts, and this time you'll see the ball much firmer. It's pinned on his back shoulder. I'm going to start calling Romeo Dobbs the finisher, man, because when they get down there, I know some people hate the goal line fade. 
it's almost automatic right now between Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs. He worked inside and then he gave him the fade to win. You don't hate it if it works, right? And by the way, don't look now, but Jordan Love is the first Packers quarterback on record to throw a touchdown in each of his first four career starts. Hey! Ever? Yeah. First one. Oh. Okay, huh. let's go to Miami. That How one really that, got guys? it. Devon Achan ah, scored four touchdowns mm. on Sunday. It's got the rookie feeling like he's in the game of Madden. Listen to this. Nah, I ain't a lot. Eight touchdowns between two running backs. And then just Tua going out there and making plays. Like, our offense is like, like you said, it's, it's speed. It's, we got weapons everywhere from receiver, running back, um, QB. So, I mean... We go out there and we all clicking on all cylinders. I feel like you know there's something. You know it, it was. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I came out here like okay, we're gonna score 70 points, but I mean, it's, we're capable of doing a lot of great stuff with this team. I mean, I hear him, uh, Hawk. You heard him talking about the speed of that offense. Yes. How is McDaniel harnessing that? Listen, you cannot innovate without doing something that has never been done, and that is where Mike McDaniel, as the kids say, is different. Now, look, Woo. when you look at their pre-snap motions. There's typically three reasons why you do it. Number one, you want to out-leverage the defense. Number two, you want to diagnose what the defense is doing. And number three, you want to disguise what you're getting into. There's now a fourth wrinkle. What they're basically doing is they're getting their lightning-fast receivers going full speed at the snap of the ball. When they motion that close to the snap, it basically turns into CFL football. And if you think a DB can guard Tyreek Hill, Going mm -hmm. full speed from a standstill, as Marcus would say, you're out of your damn mind. Yeah, yeah baby. hey. I mean, listen, motion already can be Labor confusing, word. but at lightning speed, impossible. I like the it. The Dolphins have scored 14 touchdown plays using motion this season. That's six more than the next closest team. Ooh, crazy. All right, let's go to Cleveland, where Miles Garrett and the Browns defense has been nothing short of dominant this season. They rank first in points allowed per game, yards per play, total QBR. Oh the God. defense has allowed just one scrimmage touchdown this season. The Browns offense has allowed two touchdowns, a pick and six, a pick six, and a fumble return for a touchdown in week two against the Steelers. So let's talk about Miles Garrett because it, yeah. it's been a whole lot of fun to watch. What's different about him? Miles said, I'm sick of it. <laughs> All right, people talk about this defense, and now he's starting to assert himself and make sure that he's the catalyst to create a lot of things that happen good for other players on this defense, especially up front. He's bending the edge at a phenomenal rate, and the athleticism and the power and ability to bend low while you're rushing the passer has always been his calling card, but now it's starting to be done from different positions. Jim Swartz, the defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns, looked around the league and said everybody is moving the chess piece around that nobody else has. Well, he has that in Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is a chess piece that is not on any other team in this league, and he's starting to create some real havoc from a schematic standpoint, and Miles is benefiting individually as well. Yeah, he said, I don't care what the offense is doing. I'm just going to do my go thing. My He'd be fun on offense, yeah. too. Yeah, the dude played basketball in the middle yeah. of football games. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I know. Okay, coming up next on NFL Live, you do not want to miss this. We're going to talk Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. They're off to a slow start, but Dan and Marcus think the offense is the least of their worries. We get into that next as they head to London soon to take on the Falcons. We'll be right back.
God, we're going to end up saying something bad up in here. All right. Hey, the NFL London games kick off Sunday morning, 930 a.m. Eastern, uh, exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Dan and I on the call with Chris Fowler and Lewis Riddick. Can't wait for that. Seeing B. John Robinson and the Falcons taking on Trevor Lawrence and the Jags at Wembley Stadium, the iconic Wembley. To get ESPN+, Plus, go to ESPNplus.com or download the ESPN app. London. This is a new yeah, segment. London. This feels really appropriate for us, guys. Um, each Tuesday, we're going to tell you exactly what went wrong for teams around the league. I ask myself this question every day. Dan, you first. Four interceptions for Sam Howell this week. What well, went wrong? Week two, he was so impressive in that comeback and made some throws down the field. You're like, oh, my goodness, the aggressive nature that he did it. And did week three, it bit him in the butt. You know, third and long, you're in field goal range, essentially. You force a ball down the middle of the field. Bernard's right there. Third and two, you got pressure, and instead of having a plan for it right before the half, you again just float the ball to the sideline. So I think the biggest thing, coming off of week one, I said this about Sam Howell, he's got to learn when and when not to. And week two, he did. Now overly aggressive with the football in week three. That's what he's got to realize and kind of figure out is when he can and when he shouldn't. Marcus, the Ravens' defense got beat by Gardner Minshew Sunday. What went wrong? Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about the Ravens' four-man pass rush. I'm, I hate that they have to generate pressure. I know Kyle Hamilton had three sacks and the sack fumble, but I want to see this defensive line, Matabike, the addition of, of the guys that they have up front coming and making plays, getting to the quarterback on a more consistent basis so you don't have to put yourself behind the A-ball. Now, with that being said, Gordon Mitchell made some phenomenal throws, and yeah. these receivers made some phenomenal catches now. And so I don't want to take that away from them. I just think the Ravens need to live in a four-man rush a little bit more. Hawk, the Jags dropped a one and two with their loss to Houston this week. What happened? Yeah, execution. Ridley and Lawrence weren't on the same page. There was way more drops in this game than there should be in an NFL game. False start, illegal formation, receivers falling down, the quarterback tripping, the running back. This does not look like the high-powered offense we thought it would be coming into the season. Now, luckily, there is more than enough time to fix it, but the gap between the Jaguars and the rest of the division isn't quite as big as we thought. Hey, here, here's my issue. Not only were there more drops for the Jags on Sunday, so far this season, they have more drops than anybody in football. Mm. I've, have you ever been a part of a team that had drop issues? That's a real question. I'm not trying to be funny. Are you, are you about to tee up some tape of me no, or something? No, no. Is that? <laughs> we would never, okay? okay? I mean, they sure. the yeah. No, I have talk. been. We, I, we, I absolutely have been a part of a team. Was right. it a you guys thing or was it a quarterback thing? It's uh, Drops are typically a receiver thing. I'll give you that, Dan. How did you, was it just jugs machine I, work it's, or it's, what? It's one of those things. Every receiver kind of goes through these. And, and depending, you know, Ridley's been out of football. He's yeah. getting back into the swing of things. Every receiver will go through it. The best ones know how to climb out of it. Uh, and not concerned about Ridley, though, right? Not at all. I don't think that's going to be a long-term no, thing. Because the connection not. started off really good. I, I agree with Hawk. I, if I had to say offense, defense, special teams, where does it rank with the concerns right now for the Jaguars? Offense would be third. Mm -hmm. I would say defensively is first. Right now, if you go back and watch C.J. Stroud, the blown coverages that led to three huge pass plays yeah. were a big issue. The safety's playing basically down at the line of scrimmage, and you have a rookie quarterback seeing it going, well, I'm not going to let you do that. And then the blown coverage to pass off the high-low flat corner route leads to a huge Tank Dell touchdown. That would probably be the biggest takeaway coming off this weekend. Also, 13 points on special teams. Mm. They had a kick blocked. They missed a field goal, and then they have the long punt return for 80-plus yards. So 
I don't walk away going, man, this, I think they're running the football well. I think they're spitting it to the perimeter well. I think the connection with Trevor Lawrence. Now, he did have one forced interception. That obviously has to go away. But the biggest thing for the offense for me, and I agree, is just clean up those drops and make sure they don't yep. become the consistent kind of storyline. I think it's a maturation process for him. For what y'all talking about, for this team. For the team? Yeah, they jumped in the spotlight with a playoff comeback. They they still, you know, yeah. teams came into the season thinking this is the head of the head honcho in our division. Right. Teams are preparing for them now like they supposed to be a playoff team. I think they got to make that adjustment. Mm-hmm. I'm, I hate this, but it's too. I need to see more from Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. Yeah. All right, and mm-hmm. it, it really has it because these are two really good football players. But every time Jacksonville rushed the passer with four guys, there was no pressure. There was zeros. C.J. Stroud was able to make throws a couple times. He had to escape outside of the pocket. But when you rush four with two guys that you took in the first round to get after the quarterback, they got to show up. They got to show up, especially in these type of games when you are reeling a little bit from some blown coverages. That is the time you're asking those guys, hey, guys, we need to get the ball. We need to get to the quarterback. We need to get them on the ground. I think they'll get it going. Josh Allen is getting to the quarterback, but I need effective plays from those two He is a little banged up. He's had a shoulder Shoulder injury. You wonder if that's part of it. Here's the issue, though. I feel like we've been saying about that. That about Jacksonville for like four years. They yeah. turned it on last year, though, Dan. That that playoff run that they made. Remember the Dallas game? Yeah. When right. when, when that that is when the front started. They're capable of doing it. Kind of coming together. I think they are capable of doing. I don't know what the issue is, and it could be Josh's shoulder. But Trayvon Walker is not. Every rush is a bull rush. Right. Yeah. There is. I'm, I'm watching these no, guys use me. hands. I'm watching these guys use rip mm-hmm. moves. He has to find something that he can consistently win with. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't think he has that tool in his bag. Um, Hawk, I just want to update something. So, Hawk had nine career drops in your mm. entire career. That's a hell the of a Jaguars career. The Jaguars, through three games, have eight. Mm. So, Can you still play? Um, No. <laughs> and I only played one season in the league. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, wait, how many se- no. It was like 13 seasons. You'd have yeah, been fired. Man, I just, You'd have been fired. You would have never knew you. You can't be no 5'7 receiver dropping the ball, no, man. We, we know how this goes. Hold yeah. on to that Come thing. On now. Hey, time, time now for one more thing before we go. For that, we turn to Mina's Twitter. So yesterday was Mina's last day on the show for a bit as she begins her maternity leave. And we all made a video wishing her luck. Well, Mina retweeted a video with a message. Dan, would you uh, mind reading the tweet, what she wrote? We're going to put it up on the screen here for it you. It says, quote, tweet, love my TV family, at Laura Rutledge, at Real Clark, Clark 25. Oh, my gosh. She didn't March put you on there. 96 and at Field Yates. See you guys soon. Uh-huh. Dan, that's weird. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> she didn't even. It was an honest mistake. That's messed up. Your head didn't read lie. that. UMK is as close as anybody. She made a mistake. She made a mistake. Can we do this more often where we make Dan read tweets that are about him? She didn't include me in that. You said my name wrong. What? You said Mark Spears 96. Hey, that happens all the time. Talk about the NBA, right? You suck. The NBA, Hey, we'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. Bye.